The Mini Golf Podcast, sponsored by Abode. Live inspired. Discover more at abode-live.com. Welcome to episode three of the Mini Golf Podcast, part of the British Open build-up. With me, Mark Force Chapman. Steve Sheila Lovell. Philippa waiting for a nickname, Rose. <laughs> uh, perhaps we should stick with that one. I can't quite oh. that <laughs> Just constantly, no name. <laughs> Philippa, no name, Rose. Sussex Watts Open, done mm. for 2019. Next event. Do you know what I the next event no is? I have no idea. Why I'm... not? Where have you been? Have you gone Nobody to a gave rock? me it's my mini everywhere. golf calendar this year. Are you even a member of a BMGA? Uh, no, I was an, I'm an honorary one after winning the charity match. Charity I think hole. someone's pulling your leg there. I don't think honorary <laughs> memberships exist, especially not for holding in one one shot. Yeah. Your entire career is not, one shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're not exactly but getting it, wonkers golden You only ticket. need one shot to win. Well, you, you did no, you need, you need at least 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the British Open. Okay. The British Open. Have you got Which some stats held... on this, Steve? Stats, it's the, it's the 22nd running of the British Open, which started in 1998 at Broomfield Park in London on the 8th of August. And uh, it, it started off with uh, Peter Parr and uh, a few close associates, um, Scott Coe, Lionel Bender and a, a few others, and um, some plucky Austrians who came over, like Heinz Weber. And... Um, it's grown from there and over the years we've we've had many people it's mainly british will take part we've had people from around the world and this year we're fortunate enough to have a massive field so far 62 currently with 19 from overseas including the current uh, world adventure golf uh, masters champion gunnar benson which is uh, a real honor big name massive big mini golfing name like prestige name and uh, to have him play in this country for the first time. Yeah, first time he's ever been over. So. Is, you know, it's, it's great testament to the work that we're doing on raising the profile of the game in this country. For them to come over here and uh, want to play uh, in our tournaments and obviously try and beat us. Because weirdly, the British Open is one of these strange events that historically the Brits never had a hope in. Mm. And uh, obviously that changed. You gave them hope in 2011. <laughs> you, yours truly uh, won the, the 14th uh, version of the event and the first Brit winner. And then since then, there hasn't been another foreign winner. No, it's been... So it's been Brits all the way been since dominated 2011. by by Michael Smith and Adam Kelly, which is... Uh, since I retired. Of course, yeah. <laughs> of course. It, it's, it's nice... It, it, it brings back a, a few familiar faces. So, so for example, Carsten Hine will be taking part. This is his 14th straight British Open. And Legend. Yen, Yen, Jan Hedstrom, uh, this is his ninth straight British, British Open. So it's, it's it's great to see these, these familiar faces again. And we have a, um, a good relationship with the Czech Republic team. Uh, Daniel Volchek, who's a, a former runner-up in the World Adventure Golf Masters, is coming back. He's, he was a runner-up in the British Open last year. Amazing talent. Uh, very natural yeah. talent um, and how how he plays is, is a joy to watch so where and when can we see all this so it starts uh, the fun starts on the Friday afternoon uh, with the the players championship uh, ah. which is from two o'clock so there's a, a players championship it's, it's um, it works to be stroke play match play stroke play 
So it's a very unique event. It's just in the afternoon. Yep. And it's basically all the players are there practicing the day before the, the British Open kicks off on Saturday morning. And this event is kind of has a life of its own. So the international players play in their own pot and the British players play in their pot. And it's this mixed format and uh, normally throws out some interesting winners, some interesting matches as well. And it's really good value to watch if you're there practicing, spectating. Um, and obviously that's the, the taster, mm. the starter, as you were. And then your main course, your big meaty main starts Saturday morning. Two-day event. How many rounds? Uh, it's eight rounds altogether. So, uh, and of course, I haven't said where it is. It's, it's uh, down at Hastings uh, on the seafront, the, on the pirate course, which is, as you're looking from the sea, looking back into the town, it is, it's the one on your right-hand side is, uh, of the kiosk. With your 20-minute uh, intervaled pirate ship battle. Yes, uh, during the week, all the pyrotechnics and everything else are switched on. Come Friday morning, they're all switched off. So it's... Uh, keeps us dry especially if the wind kicks up it it's not a pleasant place to be I mean. well, it's on that cusp isn't it where we have, we're now heading into autumn so potentially there there's a bit of weather there a bit tasty especially in hastings with the wind mm. and the rain and the wind and the rain together um i i have to say that it's one of my favorite events um one of the three majors of the year here in the uk along with the world crazy golf championships and uh, the British Championships, which is happening later on in Margate. Um, who should we be looking out for on the British side of there? The the usual suspects. Yeah, there's there's gonna there's a few uh, of uh, dominated um, uh, British mini golf over the last ten years. Michael Smith is is will be the red hot favourite for it. Um, so of course he he plays very well and he plays all courses very well, but he, he just seems to have an Indian sign. Over that course, over everyone else. Um, What's his name? His nickname? Michael's uh, nickname is Holy One Kenobi. Ah, okay. It's a genius name. Yeah, it's, it, uh, that's one of the best, actually. <laughs> it, is, it is. You wouldn't naturally think of that. You you have to be a Star Wars nerd to just come out with that. I think it originally came um, when he started. He he joined Kent Mini Golf Club, and we had a, an online forum, and we. There was tradition at the time for us to just, as members of a club, to chuck names into this vault and we'd sort of poll our favourites. So I think we bestowed the name on him, <laughs> but I can't remember who originally uh, who originally suggested it. It might yeah. have been Tony Kelly. might have been. I'm not it's sure. a name to live up to. Well, he's sure he, done he that. He's done that very well, actually, yeah. <laughs> won't, won't, won't lie. It's, it's probably gone to the right person, that one. So, But still, it's it'd be, you know... It'd be nice to see Adam play, yeah. And his record in the British Open is is exceptional, but again, it's it's about that course, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The others I'd look out for. Uh, Will Donnelly is um, has proved himself over the last few years in, in majors. Uh, he won the doubles with Michael earlier in yes, the he summer. Yes, um, he retained his title with Michael. Um, yeah, they are a formidable pair together. It's a, you know, if you put them on any course to, as a partnership. You're going to be struggling. To, you've got to be a play very well to beat them. But uh, I'd, I'd say Michael um, is up there. Chris Wood uh, had a very good British Championships there last year. Um, I think he was either second or third. So certainly could could be in the running. These uh, names ringing any bells? No. <laughs> so what Not do you want to know? <laughs> Chris Wood. Who is Chris Wood? <laughs> 
It's a member of a Wood clan. The Wood clan? Yeah, his, uh, yeah. his, his father, Mark Wood, also plays. Um, Executive committee member of the BMGA, British Mini Golf Association. Okay. He's, he's a slightly rotund chap. Have I met Avuncular. Him? You probably you probably have. You, you'll recognise him if I pointed him out. You go, oh yeah, I've seen yeah. him around. Uh, but Chris is um, Chris is a teacher by profession. He's um, he's very quiet on the course. He, he, hmm. Chris is he's a thinker, isn't he? Chris is a thing. He's a person you cannot read how well he's doing it around. You have no <laughs> idea. How, he could have a twenty-seven and the thirty-seven and have the same expression on his face. You would not know how he's doing it. It's. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm quite a, an emotional person on the course, like yourself, Mark. Uh, but well, I try not to <laughs> get too, you know, yeah. too into it. But there's there's certain people you can't read, and uh, Chris Wood is is definitely one of yes, those. Yes, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I think those two, uh, Martin Greenhead's having a very good year at the moment. Now he's one of those players that you watch him play, and you think he looks decent. He can putt the ball straight. He looks like he knows what he's doing. But I've yet to see him string three or four good rounds together at a tournament. And I can't Didn't quite... do too badly at Hastings at last year. Well, praise he's, he was, Yeah, he was uh, in the four, final four group with me. Excellent tournament. Excellent. But, but again, it just... There's, to me, it feels like there's more there. And it's it's, it's frustrating to watch him not fulfill what i think he can yeah. do and and he's one of those players there's about four or five of them probably yourself included steve that that are on the cusp of one of these major titles one of these three majors now obviously the british open is the second major of the year after the world crazies which yours truly managed to retain this yeah. year two-time world champion and one time runner up over here. <laughs> <laughs> over here it's over there on the yeah, on, behind on the, the British Doubles 2016 one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my name on that. It will be somewhere. Uh, Two-time doubles champion. Here. Oh, maybe. Okay. There Trumped, we go. Trumped again. <sighs> <laughs> um, you, you, come on! You're sitting next to a legend of the sport. Yeah, no, two, I suppose you know, so. Yeah. Three, three-time major winner. But, but there, there's a bunch of people queuing up to win a major, and it's all down to obviously putting yourself into position when either myself, Michael or Adam, who are the big three players that still play regularly on tour, well, they play regularly, semi-regularly now, um, myself, Michael and Adam, if they're not quite on it, who's there to push them? Who's there if they're having a bad day that can stick the knife in? Yep. So I put you in that category. I put Marty in that category. Uh, who James else? Rutherford. Oh, James, Absolutely. quality player. James, James. Fellow lefty. James is um, there's a couple of players I really like to watch putt because they've just got the most beautiful action. James Rutherford is right up there with his action. silky smooth. Him and Chris Harding, uh, oh. I think, are the, the probably the probably the best two best actions. If, if you were going to teach someone how to putt, you get them to sit down and watch them for half hour. That is how you putt. Yeah. Um, so I I have those up there. James has had a very good year. He's gone up. He's his return. You yeah. know I he's taken a few years out. And he's come back, and he seems to be—he seems to be practicing regularly, playing regularly. He's got a now. desire back for it again. I think. Yeah, he's, and he's, I've, maybe I've had something to do with it. Maybe he's seen that it is possible to put some work in and come back mm. stronger than you were before. And again, you look at the layout now. You know, Adam and Michael—they're not really pushing on. They're not improving. They're still there. Yeah. 
But are they are they at the top of their game? I think that they, I think with Michael, it's um, I think there's the gap is narrowing between Michael uh, now. I think he's he's reached a point where you, you have been constantly amazed by Michael over the years from his performances, but his consistency, his consistency that's the thing um, that's amazing. And you know his standard is still is still amazing. But I think there's there's a group of players now which are putting in that level uh, whether they can do it over an entire tournament they can do it over a round no worries round or two can they do it over in a three round tournament maybe can they do it in an eight round tournament it's, it's a different matter it's difficult isn't it yeah and and, and again there's a debate to have, have another time which way do we see these tournaments going there are rumors that the Masters event will be turned into a two-day event and become our fourth major, effectively, um, next year, perhaps. But also, do we want to be making the events longer? Do we want to be making them shorter? I mean, you look back in history, the majors before were four, three, four rounds. Two, well, the, the first, the, the British Open and the first couple of years was, was a two-round affair. Yeah. Um, and then a, a third round would be done later for the, the cut oh, they'd have a cut wouldn't they yeah. and they'd have a super final yeah um, and then they'd extend that and then it became a two day event and then these two day events that were seven rounds have become eight rounds there was a ten round one there was uh, yeah 2015 I think uh, which was... I think it depends on the numbers doesn't it it depends yeah. on how many people you can fit on a course but I don't know how accessible it would be to new players to suddenly say to them look Okay, you pay this amount of money, get more value for money in terms of number of rounds, but then again, you get further and further behind the leaders every mm. round you play. That's a big commitment, 10 rounds. That's a lot. To, if you if it's your first competition, yeah. you know, three or four, you feel like you can do 10. Mm. Might seem a bit... I mean, yeah. Too it's, much. It's, for the pro players, it's great. It's what we want. We, we've already, you know... There's no additional overhead to that because we've stayed overnight. We've paid for the for the entry fee. Mm. We're at the course anyway. Let's do another round. But for the new players, for the novice players, then maybe it's it's a step too far, especially if you're not playing well. You know, we've all had yeah. those rounds, haven't we, where you're having a stinker and you just don't want to go back out there. Yeah. I know I played Margate uh, a few years ago and it was the, the two-day British Open there and I had a terrible first day. It's a, it, was, it wasn't the... Yeah, it wasn't the best weather conditions. Infamously, Peter Jones, he came from Wales round. by train, came to Margate, yeah. played one round, In and just rain. thought, yeah. sod this, and got back on the train yeah. to wow. North Wales. Yeah, <laughs> job done. <laughs> so I don't think we've, I don't think any of us have had it that bad. But um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen people um, pull out after two rounds uh, yeah. of the British Masters down in Worthing. It's, well, of course, wasn't for them. So. But that's um, it's few and far between. When, um, for example, James Shaw, we had play the the recent uh, Sussex Wasp Open, um, so he came over from Leicester and thought to give it a go. Uh, enjoyed it. it was, the tournament length for him was was good on the day. If it'd been a two day event, unlikely would have seen him for the second day. Yeah. But now he's played the one day event. Um, Gets a taste for it. Got a taste for it. Enjoyed it. He's taken a prize home with him, and so and it's removed that unknown yeah. factor. It's the big fear, isn't it, when you you don't know what you're getting into. Mm. 
and if you don't know what you're getting into it's hard to buy into it yeah. <laughs> so so having that little taster be it sort of a shortened format could be the way forwards for the novices i mean the thing i love this year at the world crazies was was the junior event on the friday afternoon 12 holes yeah. one round in you get off you go it went very well um it, it was it was great to see that amount as about 33 34 yeah, mid 30s uh, just having getting a, a slight idea of what we do um and if you look around at the regular tour at the moment uh, juniors is one section we're really lacking on it's, it's basically the, the son or a daughter of a player the I think the only exception is probably Cameron Fincher, who who actually won the, the junior version. He's nine years old. He loves his golf. He's taking golf very seriously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his dad comes along and supports him. And it, you know, that he's probably the only exception. Are the kids doing it because they're golfers? Yeah. Completely. Cameron, um, I'm, I'm friends with uh, Dave on Facebook, and um, he's constantly posting videos of of Cameron. At uh, driving ranges, uh, chipping. He's he's brilliant. He's I mean the stuff he does is is he's so he's so good. His his hand eye coordination is, is fantastic for a nine year old. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, Jessica Pilgrim's another example. Um, she she's an ambassador for for Golf England. Thirteen years old. She I mean she made the um, the final eighteen of the World Crazies this year to, for a thirteen year old girl. So impressive. Yeah. Only the second ever after Olivia. Olivia, yeah. So Olivia Popakova, Czech Republic. Two-time World Crazy Golf? No, three-time. Two-time. Two-time. So 2013 and 2017. Yeah, 2017. There we go. We'll see about that in 2020, won't we? A later episode. Let's quickly just go around and ask, what have you been up to the last few weeks? It's pretty much... It's back to work, and uh, I work in uh, farming. Uh, work in the the science of farming, which is uh, it's the glamour side of collecting the soil samples from the. the is there ground. such a thing? The, the, it is. Uh, it can be. That's what that's what I tell people when they're walking the dogs. They wonder what, what they're doing on the quad <laughs> bike. So I, I I I go out in farms and collect soil samples for analysis. So what they do is they they then find out what's what's in their land. So they they're putting the right fertilizers on. They're putting the right amount of uh, lime on, uh, so that the, the crops will become better in future. So that's what they do, and I I, I do this for at this time of year. Sort of I'm out probably eleven, twelve hours a day working. Uh, so it's back to work basically. So um, and then I'd be down on the Friday for the British Open. So brilliant, yeah. Philippa, what have you been doing the last few weeks? Well, I'm a school librarian, and it's the end of the summer holidays. So I'm preparing for um, the start of September, the start of term, when all the kids come back and it is basically crazy for a couple of weeks. So we're preparing inductions for the kids, we're sorting out, well, making the space look good. It's been a busy couple of days, really. Was it something you're already, always interested in, uh, librarian? No, not at all. Okay. I hated libraries. <laughs> I had really, really bad experience in libraries as a school kid. The librarians were always really, really scary and they didn't yep. let you into certain areas of the library. And just you being just... told to be quiet all the time. How annoying is that? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I sort of fell into it like most librarians do, I think. Okay. Kind of through via teaching a little bit. Right. But, yeah. So Mark, what have you been doing this week? Well, I've 
on my summer holidays really because uh, again I work in schools as a professional fencing coach so I teach people how to hit each other with swords <laughs> for a living Amazing. and uh, but since winning the world crazies in June I've tried to explore through raising my profile sort of if I could monetize doing bits in the world of miniature golf and crazy golf so that's led me to some interesting projects getting a website markchapmancrazygolf.com and uh, starting to charge for appearances of places and uh, also consulting for a business in london called swingers yes swingers yeah it's not what you think not it what is you, think. But, uh, you know swingers crazy golf you see yeah. if you add the end on then it yeah. makes more sense he's in the bowl <laughs> so <laughs> um uh, the other one was uh, Rochester Cathedral. So Rochester Cathedral put a mini golf course in their nave for the whole of August. Mm. And I've been involved promoting that and uh, courting the controversy of the conservative religious folk and all the Catholics that say, you're custodians of this great old building. Um, yes, so that's been an eye-opener. Well, they, they, they probably didn't know the rebound shot off the off the side of the bridge, maybe. Uh, of, <laughs> they were uh, just bitter. Yeah, bit bitter, bitter because they, they weren't going round. <laughs> In, into a hole oh dear it's always the way you know yeah uh, <laughs> you're right it certainly caused uh, I mean, it made the papers it made the news and uh, um, the um, I can't remember which programme was it a few weeks ago that, that you were on with it on the Sunday morning um, yeah BBC out. One Sunday morning live yeah it was uh, it, it was interesting to see and um, you know it was great that they came down to check it out you know and get the reaction from from the people involved with the, with the church side of things. And it's, a, it's a, certainly a very interesting project. I hope they do it again. Um, if it gets, I mean, I'm not a church goer myself, but if it gets, if it's getting people into your business, as it were, being church. The church it, business. Yeah, the church one of the business. oldest businesses around. Well, exactly. That uh, and something else. the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Keys in a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if it get, gets you into... Uh, into coming to find out what's going on uh, through a medium, then more fair play to them. I can understand why some people it goes against what they think. Yeah, um, but maybe they got to modernise. Well, someone someone pointed out to me at this event that that the nave was always a community space, and in fact, back in medieval times, they used to have a cattle market in there. Oh. So they used to have all the sheep and everything walking mm. around the nave of the cathedral. So this this is nowhere near that bad. If they did that nowadays, all the conservative people would go, "What are you doing ruining yeah. this place?" Yeah. But the original use was was a community space, almost like a market. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, you want people to come in that don't normally come in. So you need a way to get them in in the first place to then maybe introduce them to to coming more regularly. Yes, yeah, certainly agree. So thanks for listening. That's the end of this episode of the Mini Golf Podcast. Please subscribe, tell your friends, spread the love. The Mini Golf Podcast, sponsored by Abode. Live inspired. Discover more at abode-live.com.